Tommy Cheng. Tommy Cheng, choreographer extraordinaire. Now here was a character. Brought into the school to choreograph a ballet piece, he was part of Madame Benito's caravan of colourful friends. He was a short, stocky northern man who wore patterned sweaters, tight jeans and brown trainers, was very energetic and swore a lot. I'm sure he had been warned not to, as we were all so ladylike, but swearing was part of his makeup. He would leap into the studio, fag hanging out of the corner of his mouth, throw his head back in total abandon and yell, Come on, darlings, get your knickers on. Time to show me what you can effing do. He was beyond camp, but curiously butch. I loved him and he was to shape my career. As soon as I saw this troll-like character, the way he moved, the way he spoke, I knew he would love me too. Not my personality as such. I was probably too prissy for him to be interested in me at this time. But my free dancing style, my fluidity, my risk-taking. I was young, strong and talented and I thought I could do anything. And in a way I could, dance-wise. Madame Bonito had asked me to assist Tommy in selecting the best dancers for his ballet. All the dancers at this audition, as it was shaping up to be, were my friends. I didn't feel that I had to get my friends into this ballet, but they were all brilliant dancers, so I could be honest in selecting them. The problem was that I didn't feel that I could tell him how good a dancer I was. I came over all bashful, and honestly, how could I really have put myself forward? Excuse me, Tommy, I'm a pretty good dancer myself. It would have been just too odd. I could see all of the parts slipping away to my friends who were thrilled. He was thrilled too with the talent that he had to work with and everyone was deliriously happy to be working with him. The music, the atmosphere, the mad free movement. Oh, please take me. The following week, he returned to the school to start work on the piece and still I wasn't in it. We were getting along really well, but he'd never seen me dance. He thought I was just an assistant. Then luck would have it that he came into a class I was doing with Madame Benito and here was my chance. I danced my heart out, being more flamboyant and over the top than I had ever been. Not only because I thought that he liked that kind of thing, but because I was determined that he wasn't going to miss me. Effin' hell, Glenda! Why the effin' hell didn't you tell me you could effin' dance? This was music to my effing ears. He duly created another part just for me in his ballet and stuck me right in the middle. No one batted an eyelid, or was I too smitten to even notice? Hot dancing. Studio three was buzzing with anticipation. The air thick and steamy with sweat, rosin, adrenaline and deodorant. Tommy Tring had been rehearsing his new piece with us all morning and word was around the school that this upstart, gnome-like man from up north who liked to use foul language to impress was choreographing something amazing.
For the first time in memory, Miss Marsh was making her way over to Studio 3 from her hallowed Studio 1 to see what her most promising students and the mad northern choreographer were up to. Who cared if he had just choreographed all the dance sequences for Zeffirelli's recent film? This was a serious ballet school and she was its head. He needed to remember that. She was on her way. The anticipation up to gear and we were giddy with excitement. The studio was already crowded with dancers for the piece. We knew that Miss Marsh would come with an entourage, but we didn't think that she would bring the entire class that she was teaching or that she would stop that class midway to come over. From around the corner, Miss Marsh emerged, followed first by a student carrying her special high stool, then another with her ashtray and the glass of water or gin, who could know which was in it today. Behind her came about 20 more students, skipping, pirouetting and jetting across the way on this beautiful, bright, sunny day. Dancers rarely just walk when they are wearing dance kit. They flit and glide around like beautiful dragonflies on a pond. From another direction comes Madame Benito. No, this can't possibly be happening. Rich Jim and his boyfriend, Mr Harris, are coming in this direction too. Stop! No! How can this be? Mr Alexander is heading our way. How can they possibly all squeeze into Studio 3? Matron, is she coming too? Yes! Oh Lord! All the visiting boys are on their way and Jamie is with them. Who cares if anyone else is coming to watch? Jamie is going to be here and he will see me dance my heart out. I'm not nervous at all. In fact, I feel as though I am in a trance. My body is poised like a racehorse at the starting line. At 16, my technique is good, but still sufficiently raw to be unpredictable. And I was about to throw caution to the wind and throw myself at my audience and him. Space was going to be so tight that this was no metaphor. My dance kit is skimpy to say the least. When doing class or rehearsal with Miss Marsh, we would take care to dress tidily and professionally. But Tommy Tring brought out the kind of wildness in us and we would wear any old thing. I had a flimsy green leotard on, no bra as my breasts were practically non-existent, black tights over the top yanked up around my waist and cut into stirrups at the feet so that they would go over the top of my point shoes, a great trick to exaggerate the arch of the feet. My feet had become so strong that I didn't need the protection of tights or socks between them and my point shoes. My point shoes were so soft and bendy that they hardly supported my feet. It was hot, hot, hot. I was Tommy Tring's muse. I'm not saying that I was the first dancer that inspired him or the last, but at this time I was the one. While he was choreographing, he would try everything out on me moulding my young, bendy body, sculpting the piece on me and making me feel that no movement was beyond me. I could jump, fly, turn and hold any position for as long as he asked me to. This piece was mine and freed from the confinement of syllabus and tradition, I was about to be able to show the people that mattered what sort of dancer I really was. People are starting to enter the studio. Every window has been flung open to allow as much air in as possible. The sound level crescendos 
as chatter of Miss Marsh's approach is feverishly discussed, and just as it reaches pitch level, it collapses into almost silence, like the moment before a penalty kick as Miss Marsh enters the room. Even Tommy seems to be lost for words. Miss Marsh glides across the studio. Everyone is standing, and like a Mexican wave, they curtsy as she passes each student. Tommy, not sure what to do, makes a big, over-exaggerated, comic curtsy to her, and she looks at him down her aquiline nose as if he is a piece of dog poo. He exits his comic curtsy with an athletic head over heels, which makes Miss Marsh actually stop in her tracks. The room holds its breath. She stares ahead as if she has had a thought and then simply continues across the studio, having decided that he wasn't worth the effort of communication and settles herself on her stool. She takes a sip of her questionable drink. No words are needed from her. We know by collective instinct when we can proceed. Okay, you sexy bunch of divas, let's get this show on the road. Music, please, maestro, chirps Tommy as we drive into heavenly movement and music. Music that sweeps me along. If I never danced again, it wouldn't matter. I gave it my all that day. My body could do anything. When I went on point, I could tombay out of it and know that I would land perfectly. Take unimaginable risks. If Tommy Tring had any doubts about who was the best dancer in the school that day, he didn't anymore. If Jamie had any doubts about which girl he was going to fall in love with that day, he didn't any longer. If Madame Benito had any doubts about who was going to the Royal Ballet School next year, she no longer did. My dancing had come of age. I was the happiest I'd ever been, and suddenly all the hard work, all the tears, all the pain, all the sacrifice was worth it. 